Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to yet another edition of Plank of the Week. These things come around very, very quickly, but don't worry. We won't have to use up all the same names as we did last week because there's been fresh and new planks this week. There's so many of them, I'm not sure if ten is going to be enough. I'm delighted to say Belinda Lucy returns after a couple of weeks away. And uh, my good friend James Max from the Early Breakfast Show on Talk Radio has also joined us. And you two have never met, amazingly. We have not. So but here we are. Congratulations oh, and welcome to the Planks panel. Yeah. Now, wow. I feel as though, because James hasn't been here for a while... Um, we should let you kick off with your first Plank nomination. Thank you very much indeed. Not at now, all. I'd like to start off with somebody who, I had to say, I didn't know who he was, mm. and I probably should do. Uh, maybe I should care. But this is a chap called Maros Sefcovic. Yes. Uh, he is a Sovac, Slovak diplomat, but he's also serving as a vice president of the European Commission. Of course he is. And he is the guy who's uh, fundamentally said, if you don't... Um, come to some agreement or sort out what's happening with Northern Ireland and you act unilaterally, then we are going to have war. We're going to hold you to the letter of the law. Uh, and this is this is a guy who seems not to understand that there are probably some hurried and rushed bits of this piece of legislation, which doesn't do any good to anybody. It mm. doesn't help the European Union. It doesn't help the United Kingdom. And it certainly doesn't help the people of Northern Ireland at all. And what we really should be doing is, look, the deal's been done. We've all moved on. Brexit wasn't the big terrible thing that everybody said it was going to no. be. And in fact, the, the the pandemic has shown that a lot worse things can happen, thank well, you very exactly. much indeed. Yeah. And Especially we, if you're still in the European Union. Well, you wouldn't have been vaccinated well, by well, now. Well, exactly. Uh, and, and we need to have practical solutions. And if people have made mistakes, I'm sure there are mistakes on both sides. But this guy, relic from the past, bit of a cretin, clearly, mm. paid for... Probably still by us in some indirect or direct no form. Yeah, pensions. <laughs> pensions and everything else, and accountable to nobody. He went into the election of his uh, Slovak country, lost the election. Oh, now you have a lovely, a lovely, lovely commissioner's yeah. position and probably very well but, paid out. And also, as well. you know what he's threatening? He's basically threatening that if nothing changes by the end of June, which is when apparently the timetable runs out, how many times have we heard that? Mm. There's another deadline, you know. <laughs> um, apparently, we won't be able to sell sausages to Northern Ireland from Britain. So, from British. Uh, sausage makers, they won't be able to sell sausages to British people who live in Northern Ireland, which is in Britain. That's what he's saying. And which, again, there will be, of course, it's such a wide agreement, there will be things that don't make sense. What you should do with something that doesn't make sense is have a look at Tear them, it up. Tear it up and come up with a new solution. And you don't have to go back to the always oh, the treaty. Just be pragmatic. We've moved on now. We've done the thing. We've done the deal. We've done everything else. Let's move on and let's make sure that we try and do more trade together instead of stoking tensions and being, frankly, 
cretinous. All yes. this warmongering um, sort of rhetoric yeah. is, is actually quite funny because we've seen Macron do lots of willy waggling against the Brits with Jersey and, and the sausage walls just yeah. kind of follows in that whole, it does. no, I'm bigger and stronger Putin yes. thing. But, but the EU are not interested in a solution. They, there's no political will for it. So unfortunately, it needs to be scrapped and started again. Um, the, the EU are just embarrassing themselves. Well, they, they keep like more children. or less saying, and you'll know a lot about this from, from having worked over there, they don't want to lose face. They don't want yeah. anyone making fun of them. Well, don't they realise that that's what we've been doing for our entire existence? <laughs> but you, you know, see, that's, we that's make the European of people in Europe. Yeah, yeah, but that's the European Sorry. attitude, which comes down to this whole losing face, as opposed to, can we just be pragmatic? Yeah. Can we come up with a solution that really works and is good for everybody? Because you know what? More trade is good for everybody. Yeah. It's more jobs, it's more opportunity, um, it's more cooperation, it's, it's, it's everything that we need to have. And in the same way that this guy is being a fool when it comes to negotiating on this particular point, we've also got people who don't want to lose face when it comes to financial services. Mm. All the technical expertise is here in London. Don't, don't kill it off, mm. because it's not going to help you by killing it off either. Right. That's the point. But also, I mean, when you talk about the way that somehow uh, the European Union still thinks that we are part of their organisation, therefore they will punish yeah. us for doing whatever it is that we did, you know, I'm sorry. You know, we're not in it anymore, so you can't actually punish us. It's like somebody coming from your old school saying, you know, I'm going to give you 500 lines to do. And you go, actually, no, I left school quite a long time ago. I'm not going to do it. Exactly. Get lost. Don't, don't want to hear from you. But then the other thing is, oh, but they'll take our money. Yeah. So, you know, we, we come up with rules and regulations on, on travel. We may or may not like them. And suddenly, you know, it's, yes, we'll welcome you. Yeah, why? Because you want our money. You wanted yeah. our money on the EU, but you want it on your terms. Mm. And it's the, same, it's the same as before. So, you know what? I think we should probably say, actually, let's, let's kick at the travel into 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 touch for a while let's spend our money here in the UK. Well, why not indeed? If you can find somewhere to go, that is, because I mean, <laughs> if you looked around, there's hardly anywhere to go because everything's Israel? booked up. Israel? No, but I mean, every respect, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, Israel was looking good until the, the old Hamas attacks oh, started gosh, coming yeah. in. That's but, you know, the other thing about talking about losing face, just before we started this show, ladies and gentlemen, we can tell you, and you'll probably have seen this by the time this comes out, uh, Emmanuel Macron getting slapped around uh, in France <laughs> when he's out on a walkabout. Have yeah, you seen it? Yeah, he got you know, slapped around the chops. Like, unfortunately, like it wasn't by a woman. Funny. It it wasn't, was, it was I think it was, yeah. he was out visiting in the southeastern uh, region of France, apparently, <laughs> some restaurateurs. Yeah. So imagine if they're anything like the people in this country who haven't been able to open, you know, for the best part of a year. No wonder we've got a slap. But, oh, but here, if people were protesting, they'd probably just tut. Yeah. Whereas in France, they've either got to burn animals or slap. <laughs> yes, or tyres. They like a tyre Oh, they well. love like or a tyre. blockade of some kind. But yeah, it, was a blockade. Such a, it was such an effeminate French slap. It yeah. was so like this. And yes. you know, uh-huh, take that, you little pork pie. You know, it was just so, so perfect. And yeah. Paul Macron, red face, got hurled away by his bodyguards. But yeah. it's, it's a joy to watch. It's theatre. And the it EU, is. every single day, you know, prove us right to have left. Well, one of my favourite moments in the, in the whole history of political um, study is, is John Prescott, you know, in that time when that guy threw an egg at him and he just whacked him. And it was brilliant. Yeah. I remember being, I was working at the Daily Mirror at the time. But John Prescott used to do... The, you just think that's great. Attention. But that's brilliant, though, isn't it? That's but, what you want. Yes, but was that better? Or was Chumbawamba when they went over with the bucket of water? I preferred Prescott punching the guy, actually, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, that, that was, I mean, to anybody else, that would have been a career-ending move. But not for him. Not for him, no, somehow. No, well, the Brits are all taken with milkshaking now. Forget the oh. slaps and the eggs. It's like, take that strawberry McDonald. Right. Although nobody's had that done for a while. So I don't know whether they're going to move oh, on to something that else. Was, that was reserved only for Nigel. Yeah. Yeah, was, Everybody uh, loved was, yeah. milkshaking yeah. Nigel. Nigel. Poor guy. Although I think oh. somebody also then milkshaked Tommy Robinson, didn't they? Which was quite funny as well. Yeah, that's true. So there we are. Um, oh, yes. So, Belinda, <laughs> tell us who your first nominee is. Right, well, my first nominee is pretty useless, potentially. 
Patel. I love this. Pretty useless Patel. <laughs> and I'm a Poor fan woman. of hers. You know, this woman, I loved all her rhetoric last April. Yeah. And I'm going to stop the crossings and look to me. I'm doing the great big muscle speech and I'm going to have the sovereignty back of this country and control our borders. No, she hasn't. No. In fact, no. even in fact, worse. In fact, it's got worse. It's got so much worse. And that's not even the reason why she's my mm. plank this week. Oh. Um, she's my plank, apart from that monstrosity of a failure to control our borders, is that she, I think it was yesterday, urged social media companies to take down footage of oh, people yes. phoning my, uh, filming, filming migrants putting on TikTok. crossing yeah. because it glamorised uh, the journey. I'll tell you what glamorises it, love. It's sending the Navy in to French waters yes. to scoop them up and bring them back right. to their shores, escorted in a chariot. Back to our shores, that's glamorising it, accommodating and feeding people who mostly want to try their luck. But I don't know what's worse here. So, on one hand, you've got that. So, the French escorted the boat over, yeah. even though it was really close to the French shores. So, a, a strong foreign secretary would be saying to the French, look, this is not acceptable. You cannot bring somebody, you know, that there must be a line in the middle where, of course, we are uh, people's safety, but you don't just drag them across the channel so that you can dump the problem yeah. on us. So that would be a strong. And, and secondly, on the borders, what a total shambles we have had since COVID began. Yeah. How can you not organise it? How how on earth? Well, you see today when you've got story. less or fewer people, can you not organise and know who's coming into the country yeah. and how long they're staying for? No idea. Well, there's a massive problem, not just because of the people who land and get picked up by the border force, but there are loads of people who actually don't go anywhere near the border force because I know what it's like down in those those parts of the world. Mm -hmm. And there are lots of beaches where the dinghies just just yeah. pitch up, yeah. and the people get out of the dinghy, just run into the town. Well, and let's and you be never honest, see them again. these are nobody mostly, knows where they are. They're mostly young men. Yeah, thousands and thousands of young men. Is anyone asking? The the girls, the women, the teenagers in these areas mm. where these men from war-torn countries with very different attitudes to, towards women yeah. are, are suddenly disappearing into our local towns yeah. and villages. No one asks us Nobody how we does. feel about it. Well, did you see the kids on the front page of the Telegraph this morning? These little kids look lovely, actually, but they look pretty healthy. Um, they looked reasonably well looked after and they were waving and smiling to the cameras, you know, and I have nothing against the children. But, you know, this is now on an industrial scale. Yeah. But there they're also people, using children people, on an industrial scale yeah, to do that. Yeah, but they're basically moving people around the world, you know, for all sorts of reasons. And they've now worked out that it's a very easy thing to do to get them into Britain. Because once yeah. they're here, they'll never leave. Never leave. There's about 1,500 people that the Telegraph was reporting on today uh, who have not been judged to be admissible under asylum, right? None of them have been taken back by Europe. Because and, yeah. they're supposed to take them back, but they're just not doing no. it. So we're stuck with them. How much do you think pretty useless is useless because whatever her rhetoric she doesn't have the confidence of her staff who then undermine what yeah. she does the civil service they need re-educated re just like the bbc staff they all need re-educated and they have far too much power and so I think that's not helping. Our I think that's part of that. But I think, yeah, but I think also there's the legal framework. The legal framework does not allow us no. to actually even, with any certainty, look at somebody coming on a dinghy and saying that's illegal. Because a human rights lawyer will say, actually, it's not illegal because you can get in a boat, you can sail across the channel and you can claim asylum in Britain, even if you've lived in France for four years, because there's no law that says you can't. Because like everything else that we deal with, the asylum laws are about 50 years out of date. The 1951 Refugee Convention yeah. was a totally different time where mass migration and people smugglers making billions out of human trafficking just didn't really exist. The only people now, that had dinghies in those days were the army. Were the army. But, you know, you know since 1990. Well, maybe the Navy. <laughs> 
1998 <laughs> in this country, a quarter of Islamist uh, terrorists in this country yeah. have gone through our asylum process and have either mm -hmm. been rejected or accepted. That Libyan who's, who knifed those Arena poor three well, gay guys yeah. in, in Reading, he was an accepted asylum seeker yeah. who'd been able to commit crimes and still stay in this country. The whole thing's broken, broken and Pretty mm. Patel has to take yes. accountability. And she has, I mean, she's not like she's only been in the job a short time. She's been in the job quite a, a long, long time, time now and I appreciate it's a hard job, but as Anne Whittacombe pointed out the other day, it's not as hard a job as it used to be because yeah. they've now siphoned off justice out of the Home Office. So well, she's not in charge of absolutely everything. Well, she's not in charge of absolutely everything, but I think the problem is that she's so concerned about making sound bites and making commentary mm. about saying how important it is uh, to do certain things that she's forgotten that in fact she needs to set the strategy. Mm. Yeah. And the strategy is wrong. And because there is no strategy, it makes it difficult to execute. Yeah. And because it's difficult to execute, it means nothing gets done. Well, and, and, that's, and that's the problem. If you're going to play the soundbite game, then don't do that yes. job. Exactly. Also, unlike all of us, she hasn't, I assume, really worked. I don't really count her parents' shop as a business. She yeah. hasn't really worked in a business where you have mm. to look at what the problem is, how are you going to mm. fix it, right? She should be going to the Justice Secretary and saying, this is what we need to do. These are the changes in the law that we need to make. This exactly. is how we get out of the European Court of Human Rights. This is how we yeah. stop these mad lawyers from stopping us from deporting Because it's not just the British taxpayer yeah. that gets screwed over. The real victims, the ones that are really persecuted and too poor to travel and shop around safe countries to where they'd like to stay, they're stuck in these conflict zones. Yeah. The Yazidis, Christians, gays, girls, they never get a look no. in. You know, we leave them and we've spent all this money on the wrong people. Mm. So I, I think the whole thing needs to be reset. We it often does. spend money on the wrong people. <laughs> well, absolutely that's, right. That's often the way. I've yeah. done a bit of that in my time, spent money on the wrong people. No, really? You know, What's her name? What's her name? Another another day. Day. <laughs> and they went to blank. The innocents wouldn't like it. Now, speaking of people who are a waste of money and time, Jenny Eclair. Now, I don't know much about Jenny Eclair, apart from the fact that she used to be a comedian. I mean, I don't know what she does now. I don't know whether she still writes books or whether she still does shows. But I think she does all of the above, but yeah. complains about new talent. Does she? Having come through and not having to have work in the same way that she and maybe others had to. Really? Yes. So she's a bit of a has-been then, in other words. Washed up. Yeah, <laughs> washed up or never was. Oh, perhaps never was. I never found her particularly funny. Anyway, this weekend, uh, she did what many people are doing at the moment, which is basically, you know, flip her lid over something to do with COVID uh, because she's one of those who thinks that everybody should be wearing a mask in public. However, she did it in quite a foul-mouthed way, which ordinarily I would applaud. But this is actually quite a nasty tweet. She put out this tweet uh, eight minutes past five on Saturday. Why don't all the C-word... Um, plural, who don't want to wear masks on public transport, travel in the same C-word carriage, uh, rather than making the rest of us feel peed off and on edge. Mm. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, we've all travelled on public transport at some point recently. Um, I mean, if I'm on the tube, I wear a mask. But what I don't do anymore is wear it all the way through the station. I now just put it on for when I'm actually on the train. And I don't wear it on the platform or on the escalator or anything like that. Oh. Because I've had enough of it. It's too, And it's also, I find it really suffocating. I just don't like it. I'm, Nobody I'm not said a fan. anything. I mean, if I'd done that probably a month ago, I think people would have said, put your mask on. But they don't now. Um, I think we are moving towards the end of mask Yes. Yeah. But I think to be that rude about people, because as people pointed out, um, well, there are lots of people who might be not wearing a mask for lots of reasons. Now, she says, I'm only talking about those who don't want to wear them as opposed to those who have a good reason for not wearing them. But I think the problem that we've got in this country now is there are too many people who are too nosy about what everybody else is doing. You know, if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. Well, but don't ever go at somebody I think, who isn't. Well, I think there is an element of... Um, first of all, if you're going to have a rule 
then you need to make sure it's enforced. But it's not down for individuals of the public to start tutting and, and getting cross with other people. Well, it people. starts to get tricky as well, because if Jenny, Jenny Clare is presumably not a black belt in karate or something, but, I mean, if she go, starts going up to people and having a go at them, there are some pretty nasty it, people out exactly. there. Exactly. Yeah. I bet she's the right herself. old snitcher as well, one of those snitching little curtain twitching yeah, oh, dog in your neighbours. I bet she's queen of the snitches. Mm. I'm sorry, but to be that aggressive, and these hashtag be kind types are always, oh, they're always the, the quickest to hate. Yes. And I'd far rather be in the carriage without masks I think it'd be a lot more fun than actually being stuck in a carriage with, with mask-wearing, frightened, panicky rabbits in the headlights. Oh, I know, absolutely right. And in fact, there's another one, because I wasn't quite sure whether I could do these two separately, but I think I'm going to do them together, but put oh. them under the Jenny mm. Eclair oh. Um, oh. Is that sort of umbrella. <laughs> well, it's his show. Well, I can like. do anything I like. Yeah, exactly right. See, James knows. He's got a show as well called Between the Sheets, which you should do, actually. Um, Very you happy. should get her on that. Um, <laughs> There's a woman called Kate Mulvey. I don't know if you know her. She writes for The Telegraph. She wrote a piece at the weekend about um, people who hadn't been vaccinated, basically saying that she was having... She would never, ever dream of inviting somebody who hadn't had a vaccination to a dinner party mm. in her house. And you're just going, what is wrong with you? You know, either you have friends or you don't have friends, so now you're going to pick your friends based on whether or not they've had a vaccination. Or, I mean, if somebody or two if somebody doesn't want to have the vaccination, surely it's their choice. Well, exactly. I, it doesn't. I mean, I, I do understand that there's a very small chance that you know this thing will continue and all the rest of it. But we also know the stats that, generally speaking, if you've had both doses of the vaccine and it's effective, you are far less likely to catch it. And you're even less likely to be hospitalised yes. and even less likely to die. Yes. So, but there is but this narrative, could, though, isn't But there? you can die from anything. Well, of course. I mean, you can invite somebody around for dinner and they have a heart attack in the middle of it. You know, some, sometimes that happens. Well, th I mean, that could happen after one of your hilarious <laughs> jokes. Well, it could happen. It could yeah. very well happen. You I know. mean, you know, anything, anything, anything could happen after possible. one of those. Oh, it's anything. such snobbery, though. It's, Look at it. It was, well, the, exactly. it was the same with Brexit. It's going to be the same about climate change. Yeah. Oh, I'm not having the people that have petrol cars around for supper. Yeah, please don't bring your petrol cars Parties, the foreign office drinks dues, all these people who attend these things mm. are actually incredibly prejudiced against, I think, working class, normal Brits yeah. who don't give a fig about right. a lot of these Ordinary precious people. These precious Why do we use the term working class anymore, though? Because, because, because I don't think still... it actually means what it used to mean. Well, yeah, I, don't, I, I think you kind of know what it means. Yeah. Yes, though, I know, you? but what we should really be talking about is, normal, is instead of saying... What it, I, <laughs> the only normal people are people you don't know very well. But what I yeah. would say, though, is when you're talking I about... I think normal's a word you can't use anymore, can you? Well, let's normal. hope not. Oh, God. No. Because compared to what? Yeah, yeah, compared to what? You know. But people who work... So instead of saying the working class, yeah. it's actually people who need to work, have mm. to work, want to yeah. work. Those are the people who very often get marginalised around the edges because of all these other things which are going on. So I think when you start to talk about the working class, mm. in fact, there are people, you know, who, who are all sorts of different levels of wealth, if you like, yeah. who are curtailed from doing what they're doing, either because their parents wanted them to do better. It's not my choice where I was sent to school, age, you know, five or seven or whatever it was. I didn't say, well, mummy, daddy, I'd like to go here or there because I'd like to speak a certain way. You don't have yeah. that choice. You know, so to be discriminated against for that is just as bad as discriminating against somebody who... Uh, went to another school and doesn't have an accent that well, how about you say? don't discriminate against yeah. people? Exactly. Well, and unfortunately, well, the know. ones that have all the power tend to be the dinner party lot. 
I mean, until Boris managed to get in, we were right. run by the, the chattering yes. metropolitan, I don't know what to call them now, but you know exactly the what Notting I mean. Hill set. The Notting Hill set. I remember first being asked to do uh, any questions for Radio 4, and right. they couldn't believe I was a Brexiteer. Really? They were, they were shocked. I think it was David Dimbleby who does yes. it. He was like, what are you doing in the Brexit party? Because yeah. I spoke a certain way. And that kind of thing made me think, yeah. oh, my gosh, you really put it's people in terrible, boxes. But it's been a terrible shock for an awful lot of them because yeah. they can't believe, one, uh, that people like you are in the Brexit party, or were, and also can't believe that their side lost. Yeah. They, they don't get they it. They still don't they get don't it. Get they it. don't understand, they don't get yeah. it, and they think that anybody who voted against it doesn't understand. Yeah. Yeah, and and and, uh, and particularly the younger you are. I mean, are, you talk about let's move on. I mean, these are the people who won't move on. No, the likes of Andrew Adonis and oh, uh, AC yeah. Grayling, <laughs> you know, and all these nutters. They are literally crazy. They are they, driven they, insane. They, they have a syndrome. They've passed all the steps into a denial and all the rest of it in grief, and now they've just gone bonkers. Yeah, now. they have. They, li they literally have. <laughs> but also, so, as the stats come in that Britain is 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 making great progress mm. economically, um, you know, in in terms of all sorts of world trade, international trade. Um, uh, and, and, and I don't think people have realised how much our world has changed as a result of the technological advances which have been driven through the pandemic and COVID and all yeah. these things. The world that we're going to be sort of back into is going to be completely different. Yeah. And we are in a much better place to tackle it. Yeah. Yes, That's I think true. so. And we've come back around to, to your second nomination Hooray. as a result of that. So. Uh, so I'm going to talk about somebody and I don't know very much about this or the individual mm. or anything else. But what I do know is that... The, this kind of plankery are people who have little or no consideration of others. So this story is one example of it, but there are plenty. Mm. So the one example that I want to pick is there's a farmer who wanted to get into his farm and some individual... Oik, you can I say. I was going to say oik, and then I thought, no, I won't use that pejorative language. Because going to be judgmental. Although I have seen the picture of him... You were busy his, that night anyway, Mike. ...in his shorts with his top off. He didn't have a shirt on, in my exactly, view. Exactly, shirtless. You know, walking That's, around shirtless. I don't care how many... It's not the done thing. No, exactly. I don't care how many cakes you've got. Yeah, you, yeah. No, you wear a shirt. Anyway, so he wasn't wearing a shirt, he was shirt. So... He parked his car in front of a farmer's gate, mm. so the farmer couldn't get out. The farmer then gets his um, rather expensive piece of machinery, and um, it's like a forklift thing, and it pops it over. So a forklift tractor, isn't and it? Then, and, and then, yeah, and then just flipped it over his gate, off his land. Get off my land! Onto the country road, <laughs> and then uh, in, in said manoeuvre, the, the, I think the driver was trying to berate him or do whatever, and got knocked over. But he was trying to process. kick the, 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 the forklift a couple of times. Yeah, well. he was. I mean, idiot. I mean, I presume there's some kind of history between these two guys. I don't that think it's there not is. The first time he's done it. Well, I think it's not the first time that the farmer has been blocked into his land. Right. And I think the firm, farmers get a very bad rap because they've got a very busy and difficult job to do. They're trying to keep the land safe. They have all these paths that people can just walk through. We, we've got a lot more people who are using the country. Countryside, great, that's very nice. Use your countryside, but be respectful. So this then links into the mm. other side of it, that if you're anywhere near the coast or an area of natural beauty. So a lot of people have been coming to visit. I get it. I understand why, because everybody's going crazy. Are you saying indoors. you live in an area of natural beauty? <laughs> he said modestly. <laughs> Who, it, it, who is now, it is now that you're there. Right? You haven't been tutting at all the walkers, have you? I, I, no, I haven't been <laughs> tutting have at all the walkers. Have you? No, I have been tutting, however. People have been visiting the seaside and the bins get full and then they think that it's okay to either leave their crap on the bin, or on the beach 
or next to the bin. Yeah, that's shocking. Take it home with you. It's yes. not difficult. In the same way that we would berate dog owners for not picking up the dog's poo, I would berate, you know, all the tourists and the people who are the day trippers who come yeah. down, take your stuff home with you. Do not leave it on the beach. The sea won't wash it away and then it's gone forever. It'll wash back up again. Same with fishermen. Take your rubbish away with you. Stop leaving it and stop fishing on beaches where, you know, all the tourists are, you know, people are coming to swim. Just be a little bit more aware of those around you. So if you're visiting the countryside, mm. don't park where you shouldn't. If you're visiting a village, be respectful of the villages and, and the people and, and the and the people who live there. Yeah. And if you're going to an area of natural beauty, take your rubbish home. It's funny, actually, because we did a story the other day about a pub in Devon, um, which at first I thought was doing the wrong thing. But then the more I thought about it, I thought, actually, it's the right thing. And it was this little town in Devon, and the pub only had seven tables, and they had a sign outside saying, locals only, right? So if you went down there as a tourist, you couldn't get into the pub. And I was talking to somebody about it, and they said, yeah, but... If you went to the Horseshoe, which is our sort of mm. local pub, and they suddenly said, sorry, uh, Mike, you can't come in today because it's full, which is a place I go at mm. least twice a week, maybe sometimes more, had a birthday party there and all that, you know, um, I wouldn't be happy either. So actually, I think there's something to be said for sort of local usage of a place. And I know that if you live, you know, in a seaside resort like you do, um, you're going to have to put up with some of that. It's a bit like if you have a beautiful house that happens to back onto, you know, Salisbury Plain. You know, you might see a few tanks rumbling by every now and again. If you live near an airport, you're going to get planes. But I think you're absolutely right. People I, just I disagree. Are, people are not. You what? Well, no. this How is good. I want to disagree with I, you. I disagree. I think if you have a pub, then during busy time, the locals should be like, well, can I book a table? Because I know it's going to be busy yeah. time. Yeah, but it's and, quite a and, small place, though. Seven yeah, tables I think, only. I think there you're suddenly discriminating now against but you're not people. Dis yeah, but I mean, we've gone off but, yeah. but you're not you're not disagreeing with my premise, which is if you go and visit a place, be respectful. Uh, no, no, I'm not disagreeing with that. But I also think that councils should provide bigger bins during peak seasons on beaches. I mm. think it has to work both ways. I think it's constantly, you know, it's all up to you to take your rubbish. That's all yes, well and good for us to say. Yes, but then the locals end up paying won't. for that. The locals end up paying for that because if you're yes. going to have more collections and more yeah. everything else, you know, you, if you provide a certain amount of well, stuff... We mean the council actually have to do some work. Uh, no, well, yes, say, but the council do lots of Manage their, their money properly and also people, there will be people, sadly, who always will leave their rubbish. And I think in peak it's seasons, same, get, so, to add know. a few more bins... What's wrong with that? Yeah, I think that's a good point. No, I think, no, it's an interesting, the whole thing is interesting. I, I agree with you. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that you're wrong whatsoever. Good. But, but, but you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I agree with you too, to say, but I, I think a little bit, you, you know, there are some sensible solutions. wrong in the future or that you have not solutions. been wrong in the past. But there is a point, though, just on pubs, where mm. there's uh, a, a range of Suffolk pubs who are getting very upset about people who are booking tables mm. and then no shows. And they're not showing And up. I think that in, a, in an industry that has that's really suffered that, and that's has awful. done everything possible to yeah. open, mm. I would support the pub industry and say, Actually, take yeah. deposits. Yeah. Well, a lot of people are doing that. Yeah, they're starting to. And cancel tables if 10 minutes late. You've yeah. got to do that. They're struggling. That's they're on the their only knees kind of council culture yeah. that I am accepting. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Fair enough. Exactly. Okay. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax. And think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We're getting very excited today. So let's have your second one, Blinda. Right. My second one is Sir Bob Geldof. Bob Geldof. Or, or Bob the Snob. Who could As forget? I like to call him. Oh, isn't he Sir mean, Bob? Oh, Sir Bob, fine. But he but except is... Except technically he's not really, is he? Because he's Irish. He can't use it, apparently. Oh, well, he's, he probably oh. threw it in the bin anyway. But yeah. I, I, anyway, Stop Bob... Stop fingers up at it. He is a vomit fest. For me, he is one of the most oh. cringeworthy celebs. What's he done celebs. now? <gasps> <gasps> need to get out of my system. <laughs> wow. <laughs> right. I mean, forget Drink about him. Drink it <laughs> no, 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 I, I want to hear this. No, no, yeah, yeah, Bob's round me up. So, two days ago, he was on camera with this whole cut to the aid budget oh, thing that God. the Tories are putting through. 0.7 yes. down to 0.5, which, by the way, is still, you know, it's vast amounts of money yeah. and far more than most countries. And I would say absolutely cut it. And absolutely cut it. So, Bob comes on and he does his usual soup of sick, ramming down the throats of the poor British public, emotional blackmail yeah. tactic. And he's like... You're stealing the bread out of the ch- starving children in Yemen. You're taking the textbook from Have the child Have you seen what the they spent that money on? And I'm like, shut up one moment, Bobble Lobbles. You, mate, <laughs> you know full well most of this money goes to subsidising countries with space programmes yeah. and nuclear programmes. A lot of this money doesn't go help to help saving lives. It goes to furthering British interests and their influence. And yes. Enough. That money, let's give to the British people, which our government has the priority to protect their interests first. Ring fence the money that does save lives, you know, outside the UK, yeah, that's I mean, fine. But on Bob, the other hand, I know that lots of people think that we should be doing this, but, you know, we've got plenty of lives to save here. Why do we have well, to save everybody point, else's lives? But Bob lives? doesn't give a toss about the lives no. here. And, and I'm, I'm, but also, I, I get very irritable, and I think you're right to pick it out, where you have people who have made so much money right. that they can then stand on their platform to oh. then make these comments about the yeah. rest yes. of us and yeah. how it, it's right to spend this money in this way. I would like to see money that we allocate, rather than say, and I hate it when politicians say, X percent will be spent, mm. because then you are forcing money to be spent probably on the wrong things. Mm. I would much rather have a set of objectives where they talk about and say, this year we will try and save X number of lives. This year we mm. will try and... Um, yeah, but why, though? We don't, we don't need to do that. And well, we I think, and I can't think really we do have a, it anyway. No, 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 but we do have a responsibility, I think. To, do we? To, yeah, I think so, to, to do certain things elsewhere. Yeah, and if I, it does further our Because we're one of the richest countries in the world, and yeah. actually the mismanagement of previous governments and this government in helping our poor has also come into play at why, why so many are in squalor in this country. But, but it is essential, and I also believe it's our duty to help really struggling people that are far worse in war zones and things like that but in other what, countries. what are Oxfam for? What are, save well, the children you don't know where the money goes. Have you, well, have you seen? Well, I know where the money goes. It, it goes into their buildings in London and New York and well, it rather yeah. goes into uh, nefarious activities overseas, well, that's which is why story. they're having real problems oh. that's raising money. Look, I, I do agree that um, agencies is probably a much better way for us to do it mm. if they were run properly. Mm. But but I also think that we do have a moral responsibility to do certain things in a, in a globalised mm. world. But I think we need to stop spending money in in a way that is not accountable yeah. and I also think that people do need to have fixed targets and and um, objectives in the same way that a business that's going to go and do things yeah. they will say this is what we're going to do yeah. this is how we're going mm-hmm. to do it and this is how you can measure yeah. our success yeah. we don't do that with government money mm-hmm. they seem to just be able to spend no, just it just hand it out yeah 
And, and the British are incredibly charitable people. We are, I think, the third uh, most generous out of all the countries yep. in the world in foreign aid. Yep. We're in the top 10 at the most charitable people. We yes. give the most to charity. Right. And we keep getting told we're bad people, not giving enough, we're not mm. spending well, enough on people well. outside of the UK. Oh, yeah. But that's, that's right. also off the basis of we have a much higher tax base mm. than many of the countries who give more. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Well, we Mark do need Littlewood. to look at this in the round. Mark Littlewood from the IA was on talk radio the other night and he gave a great explanation of what this is all about. He said it's about poor people in rich countries giving money to rich people in, in poor, poor countries. And that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Because it doesn't get beyond the trick down to the people in Yemen, no. you know, no. who happen to be getting bombed by Saudi Arabia. I mean, if you really want to stop it, maybe you should stop selling them arms. Well, well, that? That's a yeah. different story. But then, of course, there are so many uh, trade so what deals. So are we selling arms? Exactly. Exactly. Take the money from yeah. the arms sales and give it to the uh, uh, give it to the kids so they don't starve. But then, wow. of course, you have the government defending all of that, saying yes, but look at the jobs that we defend, you know, by by making this. Exactly. Stuff. Yeah, and the worst of it is these it's millionaires the are constantly pre they're like Gary Lineker also, preach yeah, steroids. Geldof. You've got Geldof, Gary, you've got and the God complex. Yes. I mean, this. Bob has got a bigger God, God complex than Femi and Bono put together. He just <laughs> is this this Messiah thing, and he's not the Messiah. Yeah, uh, sorry, <laughs> pause moment. Have you just dropped the F bomb? <gasps> I dropped the F bomb. Did you? I meant that rather sort of irritating little puppy that, that keeps snapping at the ankles of Brexiteers. I see. No, I didn't no, hear that. No, oh, I heard that one. I can <laughs> hear it from a mile off. Oh, <laughs> oh sorry. Oh, came yeah, out in hives. He'll, he'll start moaning about <laughs> being mentioned again. No, but I'm I mean, sorry, this is the I'm thing. Sorry, the point about all of this. He loves it. I mean, Ethiopia has still got a famine going on, right? When was Live Aid? 1985. 1985, right? So that's what, roughly 15, 36 years ago. So all the yeah. money that they raised at Live Aid didn't do anything. But it made a lot of you? people, um, uh, no, it made a few people mm. very famous. Yeah. It did. And well it made done a lot then. of people very wealthy. Yeah. yeah. And Bob Geldof was one of them. Anyway, well yeah. done, Bob. So he's yes, he's he's my plank. I'm afraid. Well, I think that's a very very good one. That's, okay. that's a strong plank. <laughs> that's a strong plank. My next one has to be Grant Shapps. I'm afraid. I mean, uh, a oh. more hapless minister you could not wish to find. I mean, this is a oh, hang who, on a second. Failing Grayling. No, no. Grant Shapps is much worse. Don't forget, this is the same guy who was when they announced Spain going into quarantine status in Spain. Uh, as the actual Secretary of State for Travel. He was there. Uh, for Transport. He didn't even know they were going to do it because <laughs> they don't let him into the room. I mean, he sits there literally not. outside with his schoolboy's cap on, waiting to be told what transport oh, policy now, is. We, if, sorry, we, if you're the minister, yeah. can we have a minister off, making it? Okay, let me give you another minister to see whether it's worse, just because right. then we need to test this. So right. I would say that if you had to replace one minister, so you've come up with a pretty useless Patel. Yeah. Yes. You, you've got... You've got <laughs> sorry, Percy, I like you, but come on. Yeah, I like you too, but still, but, but we love you. <laughs> but then you've got... Grant Shapps. Yeah. Uh, and you probably can't pronounce the, the S word that you might use. And then you've got Gavin Williamson. Yes. Oh, Gavin. Well, he's oh, not gosh. very good either. No, but terrible. But I, I would this, have him fired. Yeah, but you, well, yeah, but in this particular week, given loads of people went to Portugal on holiday on the basis that it was the only green country mm. they could go to, yes. uh, which then gets turned amber. Oh, but that was dark. there. there. Well, you know. I mean, talk about going. This is like self But then why did they go in the first place? Well, because mm. they were told absolutely categorically. The, the green status of countries will not change. Yeah. They were told that. And they were also told that there would be a warning uh, of plenty of time if it did change. And, and, and apparently, they were not yeah. given either of those things to be true. And apparently the Portuguese are absolutely livid. because they are. Oh, they they're broke, beside themselves. They broke EU rules to allow that uh, the crowds at the football game over in Portugal. Yes. Yes. And for us, they broke it for us yeah. and to help their tourism industry. Right. So they hired yeah, but that's because the, that's because the Europeans wouldn't let the match come here, even though they should right. have done. Well, well that's because they, they didn't want to come to Britain because it was 
was outside the EU. Well, quite. <laughs> you know, exactly. that was the point. But think because, of all exactly. the staff now. They have to lay off that yeah. they hired for the summer yeah. because Britain, this is our oldest ally, Portugal. This yeah. is not something we should be doing to a friend. No. So I think it was an act of, of harm to relations. We should never no have made them green in the first place. Oh, we should have made all of them green from now no, on. No, well, they should, should either make them green or not no, green. But listen, the policies in, in Europe right now are that if you can travel between individual countries, mm. we can go to Spain tomorrow and mm. um, we don't need to show them a back vaccine passport of any kind. You don't have to show that you've had a negative test. You can just go. Yes. But here's the problem. When you come back here, you have to quarantine. Oh, but worse than that, because Why? say, for example, France. So I, you, you say you can go. Uh, you can. I'm supposed to be going in three weeks. No, cancelled. All my travel plans cancelled. I got the thing saying we're not mm. we're not going to be flying? flying there. No, I was going on a boat. Yeah. Well, you see, you should be driving. I had a guy on the <laughs> yes, show the I other was day drive. who went on the Euro uh, was the Euro Tunnel. You know, yes, thing, and that's right? been cancelled as well. Well, no, he got to he he called me from Greece. Right, he's in Greece with his family. <gasps> he came off the the, the train in uh, Calais. He said there was nobody there. They literally waved him through. He didn't get asked yeah. for any papers. He went right through Belgium, nothing, no border checks. Went to Germany, no border checks. Mm. Drove into Italy, went to Brindisa, got mm. on the ferry. The first person that asked him for any papers was in Greece. Wow. Right? So if you want to drive across Europe, now's the time to do it. <laughs> oh. Just put your car <laughs> on the train. Just put your car yeah. on the train and apparently nobody bothers you. No. And I, I get why that's, they, they, that's why that's why I think people are so upset about this yeah. because it's so inconsistent. And it's it doesn't mad. make sense. But, anymore. but there are so many. When it comes to travel, though, we have seen the levels of incompetence have been absolutely magnificent. Staggering. So, so when you have a look at the, I mean, it was only last week that Heathrow decided that they were going to have a red terminal. It's just like, <laughs> why has it taken you forty <laughs> months know. to work what this out? What are they out? doing with their time? Yeah, but even that's not a very good idea because no. the red terminal is where everybody mixes, right? From all sorts of different countries. They're all standing next to each mm. other. They're sitting next to each other. Again, you talk to people who have come through the system. It's ridiculous. It's yeah. pointless. It hopeless. is a pointless system. And then it's uh, and then the other thing about quarantine, which is so stupid, so you quarantine when you get home, but you've you've used all manner of transportation mm. methods to get home. Yeah, well, right. either, either it's contagious tested. or yeah. it's not. Well, yeah. it's not, is it? And what it's about Michael rubbish. Gove? Michael Gove decides when he comes back from Portugal to see the uh, Champions League that he's been pinged by the app because he was in close connect contact with somebody who had COVID, right? But he's not quarantining. Do you know yeah. why? Because he's invented a new trial system whereby if you test yourself every day, you can just go about your daily so business. Great. So now we know that. So, Let's yeah, do so it. So why can't they, couldn't they have given all of those systems yeah. to the people from Portugal and just say, look, instead of worrying about quarantining yeah. when you get back, just come back when you were planning to. Mm. We'll give you a test that you have to take every day. And as long as you're clean, you can keep coming out. And it's well, all like, well and good, the government saying, oh, staycation, keep the money in the country. Have you tried you can, yeah, booking a holiday? Say, you There's can't. six of us. How ca I can't book a holiday in Devon or anywhere nice. There's the nowhere. price has gone sky high. Everywhere's yeah. fully booked. Exactly. So, so sorry, staycations we're are out for most, a lot of people. We're thinking of going to Scotland. Wow. But, wow, I mean, you know, even Scotland is... is, is well, <laughs> I love I Scotland. I've just spent time there. Well, we went to Turnberry one Christmas and it was great. And they've got these great lodges there. You'd love it, actually, yeah. um, if you haven't been already. But the thing is, you know, it's not easy now to book mm. anything because everything's yeah. booked. Everything. No, everything's booked. <laughs> but so Grant, and, and I mean, yeah, I, I would say Grant Chaps and Gavin Williamson's very similar because both have no idea what they're yeah. doing. Both are not told what their policies are going to be until the last minute when they have to then go on television. Well, then there's another them. example. And they don't know. Grant, if you ask Grant, by the civil service that's oh, supposed God, to. But if you ask Grant Shapps today yeah. what's going to happen tomorrow, he wouldn't know. Of course he wouldn't. Yeah. You know, but this he has didn't to be know the what week. happened yesterday. But this has to be the yeah. week that we put. I don't in. feel very safe with that lot in, in charge at the no. moment. They don't seem very ballsy. They haven't got any big boy pants on. They're all just like, oh, we have to just wait for the most. Oh, Boris has got big boy pants on. Worst case scenario. Liar, liar, pants on fire. 
No, he's had his big boy pants taken off him by Mrs. Johnson. I think you'll find. Mrs. Johnson has drawer. He just needs to put them on up to his armpits with Super Boris on and go out and just freaking have a pair of balls. Did you see the? <laughs> the Times today, where uh, they said that it was a bit disappointing yesterday in Downing Street because um, uh, Chris Whitty and Sir Patrick Valance gave a bit mm. of a downbeat briefing. The shock I mean, it's of the it. only kind they give. <laughs> when have you ever? I mean, have you ever seen Chris Whitty laugh? No, no. he's no. not. A you guy might as well play funeral like, music whenever yeah. they start talking. He's no like Jonathan Van Tam, is he? <laughs> I mean, at least Van Tam's got something about him. Oh, he's absolutely you know. hilarious. Oh, but Valance so and Whitty, oh my God, just horrendous. Anyway, it's time to move on. third, James. My third. Okay, so. My third is, as you may or may not know, if anybody listens to uh, The Early Breakfast Show, they'll know that I'm not necessarily the world's expert on sport. Yes. What I do know is that sports people um, and sports governing boards are generally not very good at navigating that fine line between doing your sport and being good at it and politics. Yes. And here we have the ECB, or the English Cricket Board, and they've decided that because somebody's gone through um, a now-selected England player's tweets from when they were a teenager, and they made some... The comments are... They're not even reprehensible. They're, they're, they're wrong, and they're foolish. It could be a heck of a lot worse... And They're the sort of stupid jokes that teenagers make. Yes, I think is how you they are. And to be honest, I've heard a lot worse mm. um, from a from a lot more senior, whether government ministers or otherwise. So yeah. you know, in putting these things in the context, they are they they need to be recognised that you we all need to learn that social media is not where you put jokes which are mm. or could be offensive to other people unless you really have thought them through and decided that's your strategy. Or unless you're Ricky Gervais. Or unless <laughs> you get away with anything. Yeah. Well, that's true. Although I've never found Ricky Gervais funny. Oh, he's so funny. Oh, I think he's very funny, funny yeah. Okay. He's well, very funny. I know. <laughs> I think it depends. I you mean, see, I I'm think, more of a I mean, James Corden, yeah. sort of Romish Ranganathan sort I, I, of humour. Oh, my God. Really? No. Yeah. Oh, spare me. I'm Monty Python, yeah. Benny yes, Hill, Monty Python, Little Britain. Britain. Benny Hill, Benny Hill. I mean, here's one Britain, for you. How yeah. weird is this, right? I don't know if you noticed that the BBC have started rebroadcasting 40 Towers. Yes, love that. Oh. I mean, I don't quite understand, though. I mean, I'm very happy they're doing it, but I don't quite understand their new policies on wokeness and broadcasting old episodes of Well, they're making a point, aren't they? Oh no, we're not woke. <laughs> yeah, but they but they are though. Well, of course we know that they are. But, we know so that they're a ridiculous organisation. Uh, programmes which have quite a lot of offensive terms in them oh, yeah. about foreigners. They probably bleep them out. No, they don't. Show no, I was no, watching really? it last night. I started but I it. but I think that we should have a situation where we don't do that and we stop the cancelling and we make sure that, say, for example, if somebody is going to become an international sports person or a celebrity, or mm. and and by all means go through the social medias. That either there should be help for somebody to go through it and mm. to and eradicate and get rid of stuff, and then secondly, they need I to. I it's mean, called scrubbing. Yes, yeah. scrubbing. Or you know, people need to be able to learn from things in the same way that we can have a lovely conversation about Prince Harry mm -hmm. here's the guy who dressed up in a Nazi uniform here's the guy who's made all sorts of jokes and called mm -hmm. his colleagues things that he shouldn't do and yet he's the Prince of Work yeah. so if if he can have done that stuff yeah. which is far worse than this cricketer yeah, yeah. by the way has, has uh, performed said or done Ollie yeah, Robinson. Robinson yeah and we've got to stop this kind of overreaction. But it's, it's cruel. It's actually incredibly cruel to take a young man's life and career mm. and destroy it publicly yes. for something he put on as a teenager. God forbid anything I ever wrote as a teenager was down anywhere or well, photos or this, that, the other. I'm so old that, in fact, uh, in social, I was still writing on typewriters when, okay. I, was a, when I was a teenager. <laughs> so so, you know, I'm surprised they had those. But well, I'm glad listen. the government stepped in and, <laughs> and, and said, you know, that this is wrong. It is. It's so wrong. They should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah. Please. Well, what it gets 
gets worse though. Gets worse. Oh, yes, they've now because they've now found now, somebody who oh. was tweeting when he was fifteen, right? Um, mm. And they haven't named him because of his uh, the fact that he was underage at the time. Huh? Oh. But apparently he was named on the Wisdom's um, website for a period of time. So there will be some people who know who it is. I don't know who it is. And even if I did know, I don't know much about cricket, so I probably wouldn't recognise him anyway. <laughs> but, there's but they've now made a big hole for themselves yeah. because they made him apologise, then suspended him, right? So he's now currently suspended from international duty, is Ollie Robinson. And now this other guy will have to mm -hmm. be suspended because they've now made that particular kind of, oh. you know, yardstick yeah. for themselves. So they'll have to do it to everyone. And you know, the left-wing Islamist appeasers are now saying, oh, well, this is exactly what happened with Shamima Bijam. You know, they were, they were both 15 and we must just... Yes. How can you compare a silly tweet right. to, to a 15-year-old yes. who went away committed? Well, actually, funnily enough, you can compare it because the people who think that he should be castigated for making racist remarks uh, think that it's unforgivable. But she can be forgiven for well, joining well, a death she, cult she, because she was Hang on a minute. As an adult, uh, she age. showed absolutely no remorse. Oh, no. So it doesn't matter if she's 15. No, she just shows no, no remorse. No, but I'm saying that the, the two yeah. things don't add up. We have, have to also exactly. throw the football world into yeah, this as well. Absolutely. Oh, I mean, the, the whole taking the knee thing. The taking Will the knee thing. you stop it? Yeah, it's well, Gareth Southgate doing. doesn't seem to understand. Uh, somebody actually said to me, and we'll get to the Labour Party in a bit, mm. the football business is now doing to its fans what Labour did to its voters. Yes, yeah, exactly. Basically, they're ashamed of you. They don't really want you to be there. Yeah. We think you might be a bit racist, you know, because you either voted for Brexit or because you booed taking the knee. It's absolutely ridiculous. Mm. And I was quite disturbed by Southgate's kind of um, holier-than-now attitude mm. when he gave this press conference and said, horrible. we don't want to be answering questions about this throughout the tournament. We just want to talk about football. But then it's don't not do about it. politics. Well, in that case, don't take the bloody knee don't then. Take the and right. don't make political statements. And also, he talks about the group, right, mm. like some kind of handmaid's tale. You know, oh, we all agree. Well, what happens if somebody comes into the team that doesn't want to take the knee? What happens then? What do you do exactly. then? Do you say you can't play? Do you say you're not allowed to play for your country because you won't uh, do this ridiculous gesture? They've even admitted it's a gesture. Yeah. But that's the other it thing is nothing. that if you, if you really want to tackle racism, not just in society, but in, in sport and elsewhere, mm. you've got to stop these... Uh, they're almost kind of... Um, as you say, the gestures, but they're also they're they're riling people in the wrong way. Yes, and they're they're almost celebrating. I don't know that you know we can be part of this, and we're we're going to sort of make a point about the difference, yeah. as opposed to. Well, you get rid of racism when signal. you stop seeing people's colour or making decisions based on things that you yeah. shouldn't. Like, yeah. let's just have a look at shall we say somebody's somebody's talent. Are you talented? Uh, are you, you know, are you going to work hard? Are you going to be able to work with other people? Are you going to be mm. able to perform incredible sort of miracles, whatever yeah. you do? And that's that's why we'll recruit you, we'll appoint you, we'll train you, whatever. Yeah. And I don't care what background you come from. Have you have you got the skill and the talent? Yes, please, thank you. We'll have you. Mm. That's what we've got to do. That's yeah. what we've got to pick but, out. But also, as you make, I mean, Gareth is not sounding like the sharpest crayon in the box either because he has he's literally saying it's got nothing to do with BLM, right? And yet, hang on, he's chosen the signature gesture of a political Marxist mm. movement as their anti-racism yeah. gesture. What about linking arms? Yes, exactly. What about, like they did well, they with uh, Millwall any, and... Yeah, yeah they could and, have done any number of other things. Because, because, guess what? They could have invented their own so thing. Stupid. That's what I mean. Why yeah. choose yeah, but instead, a gesture that's so politically charged? He decided to be cussed yeah. and to be uh, immovable and to say, well, we're going to yeah. keep doing it whether you like it or not. And it's like, well, do you know, that's actually going to cause a problem because there will be people watching these games in, in pubs, yeah. in public spaces, you know, people will be drinking. But there will, there will be people getting mm. into rows about this there because will. if you start booing television yeah. sets in public <laughs> and everyone's drinking, you know where that's yeah. going to end up. It's yeah. going to end up with well, people yeah. catching COVID. Well, <laughs> I mean, you know, oh, you don't want people booing. Well, it's all right if they're wearing masks, though. You, they won't ca you can't catch it, apparently, if you wear masks. Oh, right, right, yeah. But, I mean, but the other thing's interesting is the World Cup in next year is in Qatar, 
right? 2022. Oh, there were now, definitely no bungs involved there, were there? No, they? there were absolutely no bungs involved there because FIFA is a very fine and upstanding organisation. <laughs> it certainly does not contain anybody corrupt whatsoever. And there's definitely no gravy train. No, absolutely not. And there's no one on it. So I'll tell you what's interesting about Qatar. Uh, they throw homosexuals into jail. Mm -hmm. uh, you're not, not allowed ideal. to be a homosexual in Qatar. Uh, you're also probably not really very likely to do terribly well uh, if you happen to be somebody from Black Lives Matter in Qatar. So I wonder whether any of these footballers will refuse to go to Qatar to play in the World Cup oh. because it's such a ghastly place. I but doubt I it because that virtue signalling mm. doesn't promote them and their PR stunt people don't give them points, brownie points, for doing these gimmicks. Mm. And what's worse is I feel like British sport is under attack. Yeah. And, and, and what I feel is like the sport, the players are turning against their fans everywhere. And, and where is it going to end? Is Wimbledon, the players are going to have to start kneeling before a game, yeah. golf? Where, where, where also, does it end? I don't really need and if to they be don't... told by somebody with five Lamborghinis that yeah. we need to have a more equal oh, society. Oh, that's you know? so really? detestable. <laughs> Thanks for that. They've but got then, it right. I do enjoy the whole sporting sort of dichotomy between you know the, the performance and the amount of money and the money that's really driving it. Yeah. And then this, you know, this sort of wanting to be... Wanted well, you to be... know, there is another aspect to this, which I only discovered the other day. Not that I didn't know it before, but I'd sort of forgotten. We actually give the English FA, who run England football, 30 million pounds a year of taxpayers money so they're not just representing their own views they're not just representing gareth and his band of merry men they're actually representing this country yeah now if this country is comfortable with them doing that then fine but i don't think we are yeah. no. and i don't think the fans are so therefore they need to stop it's as simple mm. as that but that's what happens when you have organizations which are run by a whole load of stuffed appointed shirts who, who uh, are desperate to now look as if they know what they're doing <laughs> yeah but this is what we've got in every organization where yeah. they've got the spare time and the money we've got a lot of gesture politics mm. going mm. which is about um trying to say the right thing do the right thing no just just say you're not going to be racist, you're not going to be homophobic, yeah. you're not going to be um, discriminatory, mm. and then you move on. And then you make yeah. sure that anybody who is, is you know, removed from office or post or whatever yeah. it may be, or you give them some education. Yeah. I don't mind either, yeah. because sometimes people make mistakes. Make sure that we but move on as a society. the whole business of sport has become overtaken oh, by these maniacs. I mean, I was watching TV, uh, TV news the other night, and there was a, uh, they, they were showing us a, a clip from some cricket match. It might have been the New Zealand test, I don't know. But they're all wearing these shirts that say, we stand together against sexism. I'm oh, like, God, no, don't, why? don't bring women into this. Why are you wearing this? that on the back of your shirt when you play a cricket match? Yeah. And they had such tantrums when, when we wanted them to wear the poppy or pay some kind yeah. of respects to our armed forces and, and veterans. They won't do that. No, oh, no. no, but they like the old freaking Marxist defund the police, you know, take down the patriarchy yeah. and, and destroy, and destroy the, nuclear the nuclear family. family. Yeah. This is what they're kneeling for. And they're stupid if they think people What's, don't connect that kneel with no, that no. political Everybody enjoys movement. a nuclear family. <laughs> yeah, I've destroyed one or two so of those. revolutionary. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's another story. <laughs> anyway, your, uh, your third nominee, My Linda. third nominee actually is a bit cringeworthy. It's New Look. Oh yes, the, the clothing high street oh. shop. And I know it's from last week, but no, no, it's I good mean, it's got to be said because. Do you is, shop there? Uh, yes, I used to do a lot actually, and now I've got well, I've got four teenage girls, so oh. this is why the story really makes me a bit sick. So they've started to sell padded bikini bras for little nine-year-old girls. That's not right. Um, which you never see, by the way. You've never heard of sort of boys' pants or trunks being filled out with foam to make their meat and two vid veg look bigger. But, no. oh, no, for little girls, it's quite all right. Let's enhance the breasts of prepubescent little girls. Because who needs a childhood anyway? This yeah. is adults' twisted, weird fetish. Did you see, though, there was the a defence of this that I almost understood. I don't. And, and the defence There is no defence. No, there is no defence. The, the defence that I almost understood is that these were designed for an age group. 
So they were designed for an age group. Now, listen, I am what do you mean not an age group. So, so for those um, who were <laughs> slightly older, who had not um, uh, developed perhaps as much as they would oh like to Oh my God, this makes me throw up. Yeah. I, can't, I, I can't take that, this. That's no. what, that is what there, they were saying that they no were trying to achieve. Because it's about sex. Why would you pad out a little girl's bra? It is no, sex cells. And there's no childhood as it is anyway for these poor kids. People make money for the fat cats. They're lining their pockets with children who are surrounded by rappers, girls covered in oil with nipple tassels, talking about riding every guy but, but, in town. But hang on a second. But have we got, got ourselves? But I know, but have we got ourselves into a position where those sorts of products either are on sale or there is a demand for them? Because um, we have almost allowed children to become objectified because they're spending so much time on their phones and looking at things and they want to be like oh, that so person. Oh, so let's encourage it. Well, so no, 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 I'm not saying we should encourage it. Why would you exploit that, though? But exactly, yeah. but I'm saying that have we ended up in this place well, no. because of all the People social and digital so, media? Well, but, but so then, so then say actually, no, as adults, it's our duty to protect children and say this is enough. And, yeah. and the worst of it is for me is who does it benefit apart from the people who are, who are earning profits out of sexualizing children? Pedos and pervs. Yeah. No dad or man or woman or mother wants their little girl photographed on no, the beach by a load of pedos who are going to then sell their photos on the dark web. No. Because this is what happens. Yeah. When children look, are looking sexualized, especially girls, people take photos, they go on yeah. the dark web, and it's, it's a horrific world. P children being sexualized more than ever now. Young boys from the age of eight are being exposed to violent porn. That's their sex education. Girls are being sold, you know, value yourself on your tits and ass from the age of nine. And unless we, as families and parents, say enough... Yeah. I know I sound and you fussy, would expect, but it's, it's you would expect, no, But also children. you would expect, would you not, a responsible organisation uh, and, and, and yeah. big company that sells clothing not to be doing that. You just yeah. wouldn't, would you? Because girls are susceptible. Little girls are too young to understand yeah. the consequences of trying to be sexy. I mean, what are they going to do next? So, so we can't leave it to them. Yeah. I, mean, I, mean, I know, I know you say you like. can't leave it to them, but, but then also you've got to deal with some of the other root cause problems because you mentioned two of them. And one of them is, um, it, certainly when I was growing up, if you had elder brothers you knew that porn existed mm. but you certainly didn't have the onslaught of stuff that's available and, it's there. and no one and no one's yeah. done anything about it and it's yeah. just well, you there. can't do anything about it because it's there the well point is you could you try. probably could well, if you, you wanted can. to i mean there are such things as shields you know about this yeah, every yeah. parent knows about you know internet shields they don't work because if kids want to look at something they'll find it they will. It's a simple. It's a giant uh, it's, experiment you know. that will have consequences that oh, we don't will. even understand. But the social and digital media of the amount of children who are using mm. TikToks and doing things and the, the videos and the whole sexualization, yeah. if you like, of boys and girls has been going on successively, probably since pop culture arrived. Yeah. It's been getting worse and more prolific. Yes. And the question is, well, what do we yes, do about but the it? Point yeah. is, is that and this I is think... a manifestation of it. Yeah, I know, but I think this is a symptom, not yeah. a cause. No, it's a cause. No, and I it's something they're, that doesn't have to offering, be a cause. Yeah. Because you can have all those other causes you talk about. It doesn't mean you add more in. I'm not trying to defend them. If you're a responsible company, you don't sell that kind of stuff. Agreed. Think it's a good look, idea look to how sell they it. are about climate change. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. oh, we want to be sustainable. Oh, an environment. And then they blah, go blah, make blah. it in some oh, Indonesian sweatshop. We want, we yeah, want right. unisex changing rooms. Blah blah blah. But let's porn a pornize. What is it? Pornifies. What's the word? Little girls. Pornographize. Tiny little children. I know. Who? I, I, it's disgusting and it's hypocritical. It these, these clothing shops. And I think I hate to sound like I'm like a Victorian no, hellfire. No, you're not. But I see the damage. I brought up four girls. You're and not I see so the are, we going, are we going back to the Victorian times? I think we should. Listen, there was a lot of good things happening. I think it would be Victorian nice to times. sort of turn at the heel and show the collarbone to get the boys going. Yeah, I wouldn't know. <laughs> uh, 
maybe a cup of tea. Yeah, a cup of tea. You <laughs> know, a trip to the beach. I know it's covered in rubble, rubble and litter. Um, I'm going to go back to one of my old favourites, I'm afraid, Sir Keir Starmer, or Rodney, oh, as I like, like to call him. Oh, Rodders. Rodney. Rodders. Rodders. Um, because not only has he revamped his image by appearing on Piers Morgan's yes, live series, not only has he very decided interesting, to, I felt on yeah, that. Yeah. very interesting. His, his, his middle name is Rodney, and, and to then reveal he hated it so much that he had it removed from his um, wedding vows, which is kind of a weird thing to do, it seems to me. Um, but all of the result of all of this new sort of look for Rodders mm. has meant that his popularity rating has actually gone even further down. Rather than up, and he's now so unpopular, <laughs> he's as unpopular as Jeremy Corbyn ever was at the base of his unpopularity. And that is really, that's I mean, I would say I'm surprised that you're picking matters blank because I think that's a real achievement. <laughs> well, it's, it's, I mean, to, to achieve it, it will be tragically Corbyn for levels Rodders, of yeah. unpopularity, for Rodders, yeah, yeah, yeah. Astonishing. for Rodders, it will be his only achievement because uh, they're already in the Labour Party saying that Andy Burnham, who's lost the leadership battle twice, God, yeah. is even more popular than he is, right? Um, barely a quarter of the public. 24% think he has what it takes to be a good Prime Minister. He's 13 points behind Andy Burnham. Oh, bless him. Never mind Boris oh. Johnson, who's somewhere up in the 70s, right? Which he's is also, remarkable. Among Labour supporters, <laughs> less than half of him think he's got what it takes. 59% of them like Andy Burnham. 22% of the public are satisfied with Keir Starmer, which is down 14 points. Since April. There needs to be a Keir Starmer I mean, blues song. I mean, it's goes, literally, nah, nah, yeah. nah, nah. <laughs> I thought I would win. I know. Because <laughs> it's so depressing. So Keir's like, score yeah. for being a capable leader has plummeted 18 points since September. He's now just on 26%. But that's because... If, if you have a look at what he's achieved or what he hasn't achieved. So Captain Hindsight was one of my sort of favourite monikers, that. which I loved it. Yeah. And then what you realise is that, in fact... That was true, and it became even truer, mm. because his only good performances at uh, Question Time, Prime Minister's Question Time, is, is when he was looking at something in a legalised way, and of course he's a lawyer, and he has that fantastic forensic training well, of being able to ask Well, you say that, but he question. doesn't, though. No. Well, he really doesn't. on certain things, on, on the past, he's, he's quite good at, can be, no, quite good at No, do you know what he's good questions. at? He's quite good at putting together about four questions, and then the fifth one's the wrong one, every time. <laughs> Yeah, I'm surprised he managed to get any convictions at all. Now, I don't want to be too rude about him. lawyers, but lawyers are normally quite good at being doing what they're told. Be careful yeah. what you say about lawyers in front of Belinda, by the way. Oh, are you a lawyer by training? Uh, well, no, I'm a family I, I, of lawyers. I, I, I married one. No, she married one. <laughs> oh, well, that's, well, so, yeah. that's fine. I did a EU law, a master's, so that yeah, makes well, me a bit that'll, lawry. That's fine. Look, I've, I come from a family of lawyers. There are plenty of lawyers in, in my life. I work, they, 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 look, they, they do a... Useful function. They, they have benefits. They have benefits and they <laughs> yeah, have a lot of Not all lawyers are good, that's the point. First of all, not all lawyers are good. Secondly, um, if you are of a legal mind, it means that you go right into the detail mm -hmm. and you cannot see the bigger picture. And I'm afraid if you're going to be the leader of a party, and yeah. I don't care which political party or which angle, at least Corbyn had a vision. Nobody liked that vision, that's but he true. had a vision. And he had the courage of his conviction. He, and he did, it, yeah. uh, and, and no, he agree. remained anti-Semitic throughout. Uh, <laughs> so that, he stuck to it. <laughs> <laughs> he stuck to yeah. it. I mean, you know, no surrender for him. There definitely wasn't surrender. Whereas, and and that's why Boris yeah. Johnson is successful. Boris sees the big picture. Yeah. He's able to identify it. He's able to put it in a way that people can like and grasp and go for it mm -hmm. and support it. And then he, I just wish he was slightly better at picking the minions to execute because yeah. they're not so good at that. That's true. So who, who then would would is Tony Blair making a comeback? Do you no. think? No. I mean, I, mean no. I can't see a Labour leader out there that has exactly what you're talking about. Seeing the bigger picture, you know, some kind of. Great 
grand, charismatic, yeah. Well, you know the guy, guy who would be great, but yeah. who will never get a chance at it, is Brendan Chilton, that we have on our show oh, quite yeah. a bit. He's actually from Labour Leave. He was part of the Labour Party that wanted to leave yeah. the European Union. And he's yeah. a, a former councillor from Ashford in Kent. Not he a knows he's No, but I mean, he's quite well thought of in the party, funnily yeah. enough, but by the wrong part of the party. Because yeah. the parliamentary party would never mm. have him in. No. But he would win an election in any one of the northern Red yeah, Wall seats, you know, because he, he believes yeah. in, in Brexit and he yeah. believes I in do the I do old think fashioned think values of the Labour yeah. Party, which is actually to represent those people that you say no longer exist, the working class. <laughs> I do think, well, I don't think they exist in the, certainly in the way that Labour would like them to. I think Andy Burnham could create some damage, but I think the problem is that he has a, a certain Burnham's kind of support. Well. Certain yeah. kind of support in a certain area, and then that's it. Yeah. It's the same like Sadiq Khan. I think he's probably got aspirations and hopes to get the top job. But oh, no I one... hope he does get the top job. Because, Burnham, Burnham, Burnham because his ability be is. Forever. I mean, there Burnham is, is like one of those guys who's on the rebound tour of Spandau Ballet. Yeah. You know, he puts on a polo <laughs> neck and thinks he's. So you, you know, in a way. They yeah, make a nice little boy they band. They do. They do make a nice little boy band. <laughs> Take but that was that. the other thing. That, yeah, 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 but without Jason. Yeah, but look. Andy Burnham, very good at, at articulating. I mean, Sadiq useless. Yeah. Sadiq can't. He's, even, he's above star in the ratings, yeah. though. In this but any, any human rights lawyer needs to stay well away from but, power. But Sadiq can't. How Don't he can... He's fought his whole life mm. to, to try and make better public transport and he's having to make massive cuts. He hasn't stood up for them very well. He's spent all their money on vanity projects and uh, and cycle lanes and God only knows no what else. No traffic neighbourhoods. I mean, no traffic neighbourhoods. Have you seen all the plant pots everywhere? Yeah. People have come back to their city that they've been banished from for 40 months and they've found that all their usual roads have been cut get off. Through. They can't get through. They can't park anywhere. Uh, things aren't being picked up. There's, there are holes yeah. in the road. I mean, the whole thing is a Disaster. Yeah, it is, and mostly because of Sadiq useless. Oh, yeah. Sadiq useless. Sadiq also Carl. useless has missed. Who is quite high up the, the old uh, table of planks of the year, but uh, he hasn't mm. been in it this week for that no. reason. So Kira is so, for life. Then I think it's well. Kira is <laughs> definitely riding high. Funnily enough, just to show how even-handed plank of the week is at the moment in the plank of the year ratings, Boris and Kira Starmer are on the same level. Oh wow! Exactly the same number of points. That's been nice and balanced, isn't it? Good. Just how shows balanced? It. Just very, very, very good. <laughs> now, so you might remember this is how it works. We mm. have to get the nine down to three yes so we all have to pick our favorite one of each so do you want to start with belinda's and you pick her pick your favorite yes, one of her three so your three Patel, yes sir snobby geldof yes and uh, new look boobies for prepubescent girls right you see i <laughs> the the new look thing although I, I get the passion i think that's a symptom not the cause so i'm afraid they're, they're gone okay so it's between pretty useless and it's uh <laughs> I love the and snobby geldof I'm going to have to go for Pretty Useless, mostly because I've really enjoyed that. And I think that was yeah. the one that probably riles more people. And I think yeah. if you're going for Plankarama, yeah. it's the one that annoys the most people, or alternatively yeah. something that we suddenly realise that we should be annoyed about. And I think we should be annoyed about that. So yes. it's both of my belts. Now, I should That's say, by the way, before we go any further, that we will once again carry over uh, Harry and Meghan. Uh, congratulations, guys, for having another baby. Uh, Lily Five Bet. months off. Yes. Lily you Bet, can only do that. Diana... Yeah, I mean, you know. Mountbatten wins it. Mountbatten wins But also, how... Not because they want to make any money off, in the future. Most people can't afford to do that. Welcome to the real world. Yeah. Oh, Harry, Parental do you leave. really understand the real world? Well, we've got staff to pay for. Blah, 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 hot yeah. cold running staff and the things, and the stuff and the security and the living in our God knows yes. how many yeah. million pounds. Do you think he's going to put himself on furlough? Well, 
He never lost what his from? job because of the, the Bloomin' Hitler and well, Nazi stuff he well, did. No. It, was past, these are, it was privileged free speech for him. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, right. anyway congratulations, though. Lovely yeah. baby. Congratulations we'll for saying. We'll I think it's only a good just, thing. We'll they should just have a little over. sort of, like, they should have to have a little sort of memorial that you could just sort of put on the bench. Listen, if he's going to stop talking for five months, I salute him. Yeah. And if she's not going to appear on video for five months, I'm oh, more than happy. But she's just released that wretched book that's crap. ハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハ
bumped down to three on the grounds of irrelevance. Irrelevance, exactly. <laughs> you know, she's and we've given her enough platform now. Yeah. <laughs> she, we should, no more oxygen for this Jenny. This is the most publicity she's had <laughs> exactly. in about ten years. <laughs> Absolutely right. So, uh, England Cricket Board then. Uh, mm. Thank you very much, both of you. Um, plank of the week. Uh, I hope you don't make it for next week. I hope you fix up your situation. But the ECB, the England Cricket Board, absolute planks. Well done. Thanks to James Max and Belinda Lucy. We'll see you next time. Thank you.